What's going on everybody? Glenn P. Brooks Jr. here. I'm an author, I'm a speaker, and I'm a coach. And I want to welcome you to We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I get the opportunity to add value to entrepreneurs, business owners, and ministry leaders both on and offline. And this episode is going to be no different. Stick around and we're going to get started right now. Well, we'd like to welcome you back for We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I'm Glenn P. Brooks Jr. Excited, as I always say about this segment. But this time it's different a little bit because I'm getting the opportunity to talk to, now I can say, a lifelong friend. This young lady and I met when I came to work for Radio 1 in Baltimore, Maryland, as a sales representative and uh, she was um, newly at the station. She was serving in a capacity as a music director, and she was doing some different things for the gospel station. We owned four radio stations at the time, and I was a sales rep for all four. And so I always showed love to the gospel station because that was my roots, and it proved to be the basis of what has turned out to be a lifelong friendship. So for those of you guys who are just coming back, you know we're talking about the story behind the brand. And in every episode, one of the reasons why I want to lean into this, I need y'all to understand that when you see an amazing brand, whether it's a personal or professional brand, there's often a story behind it that drives it. In a blog uh, on uh, HuffPost.com years ago, uh, writer Flynn Coleman asks this question. The question is, why are stories so powerful? Well, the truth of the matter is, is that they are actually more memorable than facts. Um, our brains are actually wired, guys, to respond to stories. Metaphors and anecdotes help us to relate ideas to our own experiences, providing both richness and texture. Stories are actually bring you into, and the listeners that are listening to the stories, into a multidimensional world full of colors and sights and smells and emotions, and it makes us feel as though we are actually living the story. With that being said, it is exciting for me to invite my long friend, longtime friend, uh, Miss Cheryl Jackson. Welcome to the podcast, Cheryl. How are you? Thank you, Glenn. I'm great. I'm great. Excited to be here among family. Listen, listen, Cheryl, you've had a chance to sit in on the show. For those that are listening to the podcast, what they may not realize is that we actually record this live while we're sitting on KBC and TV and we're streaming it out on multiple platforms to include Clubhouse. And you've been listening to the banter that we have all morning long. And we've been on one subject, but I want you to think about that subject and keep that sort of as a narrative in the back of your mind. But I want people to understand the journey that you have um, made over the last 32 years, particularly in radio, didn't just start there, right? Like there was a starting point uh, growing up uh, on the Eastern Shore in Maryland and all the different things. Can you walk us back to what people now know today? How and what did you grow through that became the foundation for who you would later become in terms of how you show up? Come on, talk to us. Wow, that's loaded. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I went to college on the Eastern Shore. Of course, I grew up uptown DC, right? But I went to um, college on the Eastern Shore in Salisbury. Um, there, I uh, developed um, relationship with the Lord. Like I've always been a part of church and, um, you know, church culture, grew up Baptist or whatever, but I never really had a personal relationship with the Lord. Like I gave my life to the Lord when I was young, baptized. But of course, we, <laughs> as you say, I, we did our things. And so <laughs> in college, um, 
I had a, you know, epiphany. I went to college for marketing. I wanted to do fashion because I love fashion. I went to college for that, but fell in love with voice and diction, which is how I started, you know, my, my career in, in media. Um, and my first job right out of college was at this small radio station in Salisbury, WDIH, which literally probably was 100 watts, probably right there in the city. It still exists today. It's one of their flagship stations in that small market. And um, of course, you know, starting out on radio, not making a lot of money, you know, decided to shift, try to do more journalism and more, you know, reporting and stuff like that. And, you know, applying for other opportunities, ended up becoming PR for an architecture firm. My pastor at the time, um, Pastor Ricky McCrimmon was an artist and he was really close to Ray Edwards, the legendary Ray Edwards. Ray Edwards was the first radio announcer to ever receive a stellar award, like ever. Like he was a character and he was he was known in D.C. And he uh, my pastor, who knew I did radio before, submitted my air check to Miss Hughes. Uh, to to Ray, who gave it to Miss Hughes, and this is a true story. Working at the architecture firm, I get a call from Miss Hughes uh, to come work in Baltimore for her because she liked my air check. She had just opened Spirit fourteen hundred and needed more needed personalities. And Ray was like, "This girl is phenomenal. I love her." And she, he did it just off of his relationship with my pastor, and therein became my the beginning of my commercial radio career. And um, working at DIH, it was it was non-commercial, but this was my first commercial radio gig. And that time was really, really special um, because of the people. Right. I think I know for a fact it was God ordained um, with regards to you and KB and Matt and, you know, um, you know, Tom Calicochi and all of those guys at the time. Um, Marlier, you know, all of the relationships that were developed at that time, um, you know, made me who I was. Like I was, that was before marriage, that was before kids. And um, we lived, breathed and ate radio. Like I worked seven days a week and I wore many hats. I was promotions director, I was music director. I became assistant program director. I was um, promotions for all of the AM stations at the time, which was WOL, WOLB. Um, and it was um, Spirit 1400. And then I actually, and I did, I did Sundays on Magic here in D.C. And so I, when I look back at the time, I, you know, I, I know that the, that grind meant something. And for those of us who were believers, like we didn't have it all together, but there were some of us that were believers. We kind of leaned on each other um, and um and we knew how to create. What I what I did understand from that is that we didn't have to have money to have the ideas that we had and to execute it. And so it it gave me my foundation. It gave me, um, you know, the wherewithal to work. Now, when I worked at DIH, I worked under a strict Pentecostal pastor. <laughs> so when I came to Spirit 1400, I had great work ethic and I didn't mind working because I wanted to learn every aspect of that radio station. That little radio station um, was able to beat the flagship station in, in Baltimore, right? Our competition had been the flagship forever until we until we started running it, right? <laughs> until we got involved. We did everything we could in the community. We were just out and about. We were plastering the community with what we had. And we took that work ethic 
Um, first off, with you getting the offer to come to D.C., which is my hometown where I grew up, um, to create a format for WPGC AM. Um, every format they had at WPGC never didn't work. They tried talk radio. They tried go exclusive go go. They tried the um, um, you know hip hop alternatives, and nothing worked until Glenn Brooks put his hand on this radio station. Well, let me say this real quick, Cheryl. I got to jump in because I'm not going to let you make this about me. One of the things, and I'm writing down notes as you are reminding me how, first of all, how much time we have in together. Uh, when I met you, you were coming up from Salisbury, and I don't know why I didn't connect the dots that mm -hmm. you were actually from D.C., which makes all the sense in the world now. But, Cheryl, one of the things I want you to speak to is this idea of nurturing relationship. Here's what I know about you. Mm -hmm. You are a relationship person. Yeah. The roots, when I look at how you've been able to grow and build, your foundation is relational. Yeah. Even your way to your path to get to where you are today, it was never just merit. Right. Yeah, you, Miss Hughes had to hear your, 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 your uh, your, your, your tape. She back in the day. Air checks. It, it was. It was actually that air a check cassette. was actually on a cassette. It was tape, a cassette. Right. So, <laughs> so I can imagine the Kathy Hughes popping a cassette tape into a deck, listening to it, and saying, "This girl is amazing." But it was the relationship that got the tape in her hand. Yeah. Can you talk to us a little bit about how important it is as you're growing and building and trying to get this brand off the ground, or trying to get this business going, trying to get your career running in the right direction? How important is it to do the work of nurturing relationships and maybe giving us some pointers a little bit on what that actually looks like, maybe the work behind it? Yeah, relationships are so are really important to me. Um, they're really important to me because I remember the people who paved the way for me and made an opportunity for me to shine. And um, and those longtime relationships like you and Matt and you know even Bishop Copeland from my first radio station, I still have relationship with them. Kathy Brown, who was my mentor who taught me everything about programming radio. Um, you know, she lived, she slept radio. Like I, I would, I would commute from DC to Baltimore, you know, every day. Cause I still lived in Baltimore and I would stay with Kathy and Kathy never turned the radio off. Like in her sleep, she could tear, tell if we had dead air. And I took on that tank, that same work ethic. When you had the opportunity to go to WPGC, you pulled on Matt. And Matt said, I can't go unless Cheryl goes with me. And that was our winning team. And that relationship I still have today with you, with Matt. You guys watched me have my, my daughter, you know, gave me opportunity um, to stay with the station after my daughter was born. A preemie, I was out for probably 18 weeks, you know, dealing with that and was able to still come home with the job. I was, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that, that, that that our relationship was more than just uh, work. It became, like you said, you you going from one relationship and getting into this amazing marriage with Cherie, like walking through this whole scenario, you, you, you guys being there when, when I got married to my husband. And, you know, we're married 26 years now. So that's how far back that goes. But in this industry, I've made that kind of connection of 32 years, the people that I 
have connected with are all great relationships um, from Neely Dickerson to Melanie Pratt to John Murray, who's now executive producing the Sherry Shepherd show. And, you know, to all of these people that we, you know, it's important that you take on those relationships. So when I was in between jobs from PGC to Radio One, I still had those relationships. I still had those connections. I was I was able to build Cheryl Jackson Enterprises off of those relationships and relationships matter. And I don't know if this generation understands that because bridge, you can't, I mean, especially in, in this business, you can't burn bridges. And so you have to continue to nurture relationships. You and I may not talk every single day, but if you were to pick up the phone and needed me, you know, where you are, I would be there and vice versa. When you're in town, when I need to glean on something, when I need some some help, when I need, we're going to be there for each other. And that's just how relationships are. And that's how deep seated they are. And if you don't have if you don't have that circle, I, I did the session last night and I talked about talked about grief and we talked about, you know, mental capacity. We talked about trauma. But one of the, the, the things that, that the therapist says is that you have to find a safe place and your safe people safe place and safe people. So when you're going through situations, you know who to lean on, you know who to glean on. And you can say, you know, Vicky Winans has this song, long as I got King Jesus, I don't need nobody else. That's such a lie. I don't know what to, I mean, long as I got Jesus, I know I got everything. That's what the, the gist of the message is, but we need each other and we need relationships and, and it behooves you. I'm, I'm rich in relationships I am. I am. We've been through through, um, you know, the good, bad, ugly. We've walked. We, we've held each other up. We've covered each other. We've pushed each other. Uh, we salute each other. We celebrate each other. And I, w- I mean, I'm rich in relationship and I would never trade that. And so for those who are watching and listening, I would admonish you to find your people. I love that. For those of you guys who are just tuning in, I want to just, you know, maybe you just popped into somebody's car and they're listening to this podcast. You're like, oh, my God, is that is that it sounds? Yeah, it is. It's Cheryl Jackson. Um, you, maybe you're in the gym and somebody ain't got their headphones on and you're listening to me interview this. Way. Is that do I you over there ear hustling? Yes, that is. This is Cheryl Jackson that you're talking to. Cheryl, one of the things that I think that um, you mentioned, and I want to kind of lean into this for a second as we bring people up to speed, because Cheryl Jackson Enterprises is a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned fashion. People can't see you show up on Instagram and not see your love for fashion. You embody <laughs> that. But it comes from your DNA. You were that long before radio. Um, I forgot that. Like, but now that I think back, it's like, now nah, you can expect Cheryl to come in, uh, as we would say, all put together, even, <laughs> even on a dress down day. You was, you was always put together. One of the things that you mentioned, and you talked about safe place, finding a safe place, finding safe people, I believe that that comes often in community, right? And a lot of people just don't have a community. I believe the community is a place that breeds opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, what encouragement would you give to people if they don't have a community to get in where there may be safe people? How do you identify the right kind of community that you should be flowing with? Um, you talk about KB, and I remember when she came to Baltimore, and mm-hmm. I didn't know you stayed with her oh like God. when you would make that run. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. But what was funny is, is that we nurtured a community back then, Cheryl. Yeah. And we 
dependent on each other. And it was not like we waited for somebody to create a community for us. Mm -hmm. We created that space so that when, yes, I left Baltimore and went to D.C., I remember having a conversation with Matt in the production studio. He was the production manager. Mm -hmm. And I said, listen, let me just say this so that you're clear. When I get there, I'm going as a local sales manager, but I'm getting ready to go there and crush this. Here's my vision. Mm -hmm. I want to bring you. I want to bring uh, all of this production ability that you've shown me to do, and I need us to put out of business whoever our competition is. You hear me? And then that's when he started saying, yeah, and can I bring Cheryl? You can, can you bring Cheryl? I would be remiss if you didn't. And we figured it out. And I made those people come up with a budget to hire you guys. And I didn't have all the money that y'all needed, wanted. I believe it was a pay cut, the whole bit. But y'all rocked with me, I believe, because we built a community long before that opportunity came. And so when the opportunity came, it sort of gave birth uh, to that because of the community. Talk to people a little bit about maybe they're on the outskirts of community and they're looking to get in and, it might be on them to build it themselves. Mm -hmm. Can you give people some pointers on what you should be looking for? What does a good community, what does healthy community look like? Yeah, I think first we have to work on ourselves because the scripture talks about he who has a friend must first show themselves friendly. And I think that, you know, you breed pe the people that you want in your, in your community. You breed the people that you want in your circle, right? And so every, I mean, everybody you come encounter with can be an asset for who you, for what you need, right? Even the worst of the worst can become an asset um, for who, for what you need. And you need to compartmentalize them in that place, right? So um, if you, if you're toxic, you're going to breed toxicity. If you, if you are, you know, if, if you're, if, if, I heard you talk about your mental health and your mental capacity. You have to you have to be able to breed that. And so people are people and they got they have their issues. So um, who you needed to be for me in that space is who you became. Right. What regardless of what you were dealing with, you know, we talked about the missing parent. My dad passed when I was when I was 12 and we had that in common of the missing dad. And my mother never remarried. So. You know, we had spiritual fathers. We had we talked about the good, the bad, the ugly outside of the business. Right. And how we dealt with Matt, you know, also was dealing with marriage issues. And we we became that for each other. And it's because I believe we we wanted something more. Glenn, I think that we we wanted I think the reason we were able to foster these kinds of relationships with each other is because we want we were hungry for that. And you have to watch who you're breeding in your circle, right? And who you're, who you're placing in these places that matter for you. And you have to compartmentalize them. Some people will be lifelong friends. Some people will be there for a season. Some people will be there, you know, to, to lead and guide you. Some people you will be guiding and you need to know the difference, right? I'm a people person. I just love people, which is why I think... My career works because, you know, when people see me, they may have, ne may have never known me. They feel like that's my girl. That's my girl. Sure. And I come off at, on the radio that way. I've never had the mentality that I'm here and you're there. And when coaching radio, I would say to, to my jocks, don't say out there on radio land. Don't make it sound like, 
they're there and you're here, you need to sound like I'm sitting right there in the car with you. Like we're going through this together. Right. And so um, so I breathe that kind of I breathe those kind of people. I, I, I authentically love people. I do. I I have a pastor's mentality. I love generations and I love teaching. And so those are the kind. So I would th- I would say, Glenn, if you're nurturing relationships, we you know, you talked a little bit about how we hoard stuff and we keep stuff right, especially in the church. It's like, you know, I don't want people to know I'm bleeding. I don't want people to know I'm, I'm hurting. I don't want people to know that I'm you know cut. And so now you got cancer and ain't nobody praying for you because you don't kept it to yourself. And you mad because nobody's here helping you during this hard time. And now you, you're, you're angry and you, you know, it's because you've hoarded, you, you hoarded yourself. You've got to first make yourself friendly. You have to first, and I'm not saying trust everybody, but the people that you come in contact with, you compartmentalize and you, and, and those that matter, matter. Those that, that are there, you know, they're people that you come encounter with all have purpose for who you are. Mm-mm-mm. Ladies and gentlemen, talking to my friend, longtime friend, more than 30 years. I've long known Cheryl for, if I'm 56, half my life. And, <laughs> We're both uh, 56. <laughs> listen, Cheryl. You, me, and Matt, same year. <laughs> say, Cheryl. Yeah. And by the way, Matt said, yes, he's going to come on the podcast. Awesome. A bit later, so. I got a peek so, in, yeah. So listen, I want to go here and I kind of want to bring people up to Cheryl. Jackson Enterprises, you got a lot of good stuff happening mm-hmm. outside of radio. I've always admired, listen, and, and, and this is part of our thing too. Mm-hmm. We would huddle up and we would talk about, so what you got happening? Mm-hmm. How can I come alongside of you and do so? Even with Matt and his production company, Missing Pieces and Matt uh, Anderson Television and uh, production and film production, all kinds of things. We knew then that like produce, making stuff, putting stuff together was his thing. He just leveraged whatever technology that was available to make that happen. I want to bring people up to speed on what you're building, what you're doing. I know you just got into a partnership uh, and I'm going to let you talk about it. Like talk a little bit about that and how have you used your platform that grew you to build where you're going outside of that platform. Come on, talk to us. Bring us up to speed. Thank you. So, yeah, in between um, uh, PGC and Heaven and and, uh, Praise, I I had a two-year hiatus, and I created Cheryl Jackson Enterprises. And it's because... I have this I have this gift of leadership. I know that um, spiritually I have this gift of leadership and um, innovation. So, as you know, like I said, when we left WPGC, we created the first inspiration station. So every station after, um, you know, that created inspiration literally followed our format. And it literally came, Glenn, because, you know, in sales, no one wanted to buy the gospel station on a national level because it was, you know, this thing between church and state. It was, you know, faith based. And so the inspiration brand was created so that we might be able to filter in inspirational music from the urban sector. Um, But for me, I wanted it. I called it um, urban inspiration because I wanted to embody what D.C. sound like. So it was urban as an inner city. 
And it, it encompassed everything from the SDA church, which is his headquarters here, the Pentecostal bodies, which is headquartered here, like Bible Way, Strong Kojic Roots, um, the Baptist church, House of Prayer, all of these places that embody our listeners. So we played um, CCM music that had the urban sound. We played, you know, neo-soul gospel. We played inspiration from Indy Reed to Music Soul Child to Anthony Hamilton to, you know, we birthed, you know, all of these these sounds that was able to be a winning a factor for us because we were, you know, PGC was looking to make us an FM signal and they needed to justify how they would, how they would monetize it, which is how inspiration came. So Radio One beat us to the punch and in creating their inspiration, I mean, in, in their FM station, but they called it an inspiration station with my ideas. Even, mm. Glenn, even the logo that we created back at Spirit 1400 you know, our intellectual property, Come they, on, they created that at Praise, right? The station that I work for now. All of that has my signature on it, the, from the Pantone colors to the <laughs> the way that the logo is gradiated. All of those things we created. And I looked at that and I said, I'm, <laughs> they're beating me with me. <laughs> like, Listen. You know what I mean? Like they're winning with me. And so in that two years. With, with me, without me. <laughs> without like. <laughs> This is not right. So in that two year, I created, um, you know, Cheryl Jackson Enterprises because I still had, um, you know, this I still have this drive to be on the cutting edge of this music. I believe that that this gospel music should be mainstream music. Like, I do believe that we should have that imprint and that voice. Um and the reason that we don't is because we have people at the helm of things that don't understand the culture or the format. And so we're always, you know, suppressed. We're always the last on the totem pole. And so Cheryl Jackson Enterprises just literally was the conduit that I needed um, with my own imprint to take my own intellectual property, my own ideas and help build and develop this format. So I began to manage artists that I knew that didn't have representation, those who were able to get radio services. I was I was able to create events called more than music um, um, showcasing D.C. If you if you don't make it in D.C., you won't make it anywhere else. And that's just the bottom line, because D.C. is just such a we've conditioned the ear of the listener where it is such an innovative um market that they will, that we support gospel music. We buy gospel music, we support it. And if you don't make it here. So I did showcasing here. And, um, when my mom was, um, you know, sick with dementia, I kind of pulled back a little bit on all the things that I would, I was doing with, um, Cheryl Jackson enterprises. Um, but now, you know, my mom passed in March and so Holy spirit has released me. And so we're 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 here with a vengeance, just picking up where we left off with regards to all of those ideas and innovations. I'm not sitting in the programmer seat at Praise 104.1. And instead of being disgruntled, I'm creating platforms that's going to allow me to develop and grow and build and, um, you know, take this leadership ability that I have in my own hands. So my first podcast kicked off on uh, January 4th in partnership with Tax Biz USA um, I am, um, you, you know, I believe in divine relationships. The owners of Tax Biz USA are, have become my brothers and my sisters, and they've been helping um, businesses, including mine, 
um, you know, financially setting up my portfolio, setting up, you know, investments, setting up. They're not just um, tax, uh, tax preparers. It's an accounting firm and they're, they're um, you know, tax um resolutions, right? So if you have issues with the IRS, if you if you don't know how to file your taxes as a small business as an influencer because every bit of money you make has to be taxed. And so don't think that's free money that you're getting because you're an influencer uh, making now big money on social media. You definitely still have to pay your taxes. And they they walk you through all of that. And they've been my saving grace for how I financially run Cheryl Jackson Enterprises. So I've partnered with them um, on their um, Simplified Tax Relations podcast. That is the first podcast. And so I'm also doing a More Than Music podcast that I'm lined up with another television network that will be a television show that we're turning into a podcast, kind of like what you're doing. And um, and, to, and so right now, I literally have three different networks shopping me um, to do this. And we're you know in the process of making you know content for all of those platforms. And then we will turn them into live events that we're doing at you know high profile events like the Stellar Awards, the Dove Awards, Essence Festival. Um, you know, Evolve is now the new Women Thou Art Loose, and we're looking to take it. Um, you know, in those platforms where we can, you know, um, introduce artists. And one of the great things about being in this business for 32 years is that people trust me with their story. And so it's more than music because we're not just talking about their latest project. We're not just talking about their new single. We're literally talking about how Kirk Franklin thinks, how he, what his insecurities are, what, well, you know, what, you know, what hurts him, what makes him smile, what, you know, you know, what, what is, what's his nemesis, you know, those types of things. We're literally getting personal upfront and close and personal with artists and people of faith and talking about how they've become who they've become um, in the business. And so we call it, you know, Cheryl Jackson presents more than music. And um, we've got 18 amazing artists already lined up with content and studio and, all of this. And so I'm just really excited about this new venture that we're doing with um, with uh, Cheryl Jackson Enterprises. And of course, it nice. manages all of my speaking engagements and um, personal appearances and things. So listen, we're going to have to get that dog of yours a show because he has been getting his. I mean, he I'm has sorry. Been up in the back, snoring like a grown man. Snoring. I'm no, so or, or, sorry. Listen, like a look, like a grown woman. I love it. It's all good. Cheryl, let me say this. Uh, to say I'm proud of you is such an understatement. I'm honored to know you. I'm honored to have had any part that we've played together, uh, foundationally building what you have have absolutely uh, nurtured and, and it's blossomed. You already know any way I can help and be of assistance, I'm here. I don't know what that looks like. I don't even care. Mm. But I got you. And uh, I just want to say thank you for getting up early, hanging out with me. And this is what friends do, yeah, <laughs> because because you got a lot on your plate, to say the least. Um, where can people find you, Cheryl? Where can people connect with you? Where do you want to uh, where do you show up that people can can run into you? So, of course, I run all my social media, Cheryl Jackson Radio. Um, really simple. Cheryl Jackson Radio on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, um, LinkedIn, um, all of those places you can find me. Um, and again, I, I run my own socials on purpose so that I can stay connected with people. So I'm sorry that my Blanco is, and she won't nah. leave my side. Like she is literally right in front of my, 
she, every it's time all, I try to shoo her away, she come right back to my feet. So I, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Here's one of the things I love about this world we live in now. It don't have to be perfect. <laughs> Remember back in the day, everything had to be produced to the nines. And if it was a little bit out of order, we went bananas. Noise cancellation, right? Oh, my God, sure. <laughs> I just love that we can just be authentically us. And, uh, I, and 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 that includes snoring when the dog wants to not move from your lap. <laughs> I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, my friend, Cheryl Jackson, thank you so much for pulling up on the podcast today, Cheryl. If I can return the favor in any kind of way, you already know the answer is yes. We just got to put it on the calendar. At the end of the day, guys, here's what I can promise you. Um, uh, first of all, community matters. Relationship absolutely matters. Do yourself a favor. Uh, find your tribe. Love them hard. Add value and keep it moving because I can promise you uh, that's why when I say you can't get to any place of significance by yourself and that we all need some help, I mean that. It's not just a slogan. It's how I live my life, and I'm grateful. Cheryl Jackson, thank you so much. Y'all give her a hand. She killed it today. I appreciate you, Cheryl. For those of you guys who are listening to the podcast, I want to say stay tuned. Next week, we're going to have a great show. I can promise you, you don't want to miss the story behind the brand. Y'all be good. And at the end of the day, y'all already know what time it is. We all need some help. Well, I'd like to thank you guys for joining us once again for another edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. Uh, be sure to download this, and if you need to connect to us any kind of way, uh, you can reach us at www.glennpbrooksjr.com. At the end of the day, y'all already know what time it is. You cannot get to any place of significance by yourself because we all need some help. Y'all be good, and we'll talk soon.